right. Hello, and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Ben Blancara with Rackspace Technology, a leading provider of multi-cloud services for firms on the data and analytics modernization journey. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with my Al-Awash, Chief Data and Innovation Officer at Gulf Bank. Good afternoon, Mai. How are you? Hi, Ben. It's good to it's good to talk to you, and I'm excited to be here with CDO Magazine. My gosh, yeah. It's uh, as as we were talking when we were prepping. It's it's been three years since we saw each each other, and you know, my my, things have changed. So, uh, oh yeah, changed. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's get right to it. So, um, Mai, can you tell us a little about yourself, your role, and your career path? Sure. So, May um, Aloyish of uh, you know. Chief Data Innovation Officer at Gulf Bank. I am the first generation data officer at Gulf Bank, uh, meaning that I had to start the data practice in Gulf Bank. And, and a year in after that, I was tasked with starting the innovation practice as well. Now, 10 years prior to that, I was working in the United States where I worked with uh, data analytics and, and mainly e-commerce. Um, analytics uh, with multiple kind of Google partners um, and uh, marketing uh, consultants. Um, prior to that, I was back in Kuwait right here, and I was working with banks mainly in e-commerce, where back then there was no such thing as data. Um, it was mm -hmm. more about online banking and everything sat in databases. We never analyzed or monetized. But, you know, I've seen the, the shift from e-commerce to data to analytics to like very much data driven, and it's um, it's been quite a ride. I can only I can only imagine. I'm I'm, I'm curious, my uh, since you were you both worked in the United States and 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 in in Kuwait, Middle East. Like, what 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 is from a data sort of perspective or technology? What kind of differences do you see, if any, about hmm. how they look at data, how they think about it? I mean, and and the difference between the two markets, honestly, I think is that um, you know when we talk about privacy, I think both of them. You know, the, the privacy is always a, a weird thing when it comes to data and, and monetization. Um, I think in in this in the United States, the, the, it was mainly kind of uh, companies were trying to really catch up and monetize the data ASAP. Okay. Um, back, you know, when I went back to Kuwait and in the Middle East, it was the monetization was not part of the kind of the initial plans. It was more like here we're starting really the data governance heavier. Uh, the focus okay. is not monetization as much as data governance, as much as getting the right stuff. And maybe because I'm I'm in the banking sector where it's governance and, and insights are, you know, we have heavy governance through central banks and all of that. Yeah. So I think it's I've seen the the I've seen the fruits when I was in the States of, of data, which getting the monetization and all of that. We're right here. I'm seeing kind of the gears and, and the back end where we're trying to govern and set up and do all of that before we monetize. Because okay. when you were working with banks, it's different when e-commerce, you know, the regulations really kind of make a difference. Yeah, I, I, I would think so. Let, let's back up a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, Gulf Bank, what it does and kind of what's, what's, what's its mission. Yeah, so Gulf Bank is, you know, we have our, our mission and vision to be the bank of the future. Um, okay. And uh, as Gulf Bank, we were one of the largest banks in Kuwait, around 50 some branches all over the country. Um, we are, you know, largely a retail bank. So we have a, you know, a mm -hmm. big customer base, but we also have a corporate uh, customers as well and, and treasury and all. Um, in terms of, of Gulf Bank, we started kind of in 
early 2021, and that's when I started with Gulf Bank. Gulf Bank has announced its main kind of digital transformation um, plans with a major rehaul of, of many systems and many approaches. And that was when our data office was actually established. And I was hired to, with the charge of starting the data office, because it was the, the whole, you know, becoming customer centric, which is happening all over the world, of course, needed to have the right data, the right things, the right systems in place and the right people. So that's when Gulf Bank is becoming data-driven. And we had even a hashtag of data-driven um, okay. across all our business units because it is that, you know, you don't want, you want even marketing people to look at their data before deciding about campaign. You want anybody who's, you know, granting a loan or doing anything to be very much, have the data at their fingertips before they do anything and to serve the customer with the right things. Got it. Got it. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. So you you came in right at the starting point of sort of this, we're going to transform. We are going to be the bank in the future. What, what, what precipitated that, you know? <laughs> I think in a way that was actually, and, you know, based on what I learned when I, when I came to Kuwait is that this was a charge that was actually started earlier in 2019, 2018, but, you know, the pandemic hit and a yeah. lot of that got kind of put in snooze. Um, because a lot of the, you know, working with external vendors, internal teams, it was just hard because it, it, the working remote is not as easy when it comes to a bank because not a lot of the things are open for people outside and, and so yeah. on. So there's a lot of these regulations, but, um, you know, the digital transformation that was already started post pandemic, it was just kind of they had it to accelerate much harder. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where they said, you know what, we need to start setting up things. We can't wait. And, and you know, market overall is digital transforming because the customer is transforming. Our gotcha. customer expects much more digitally. Mm -hmm. Our customers. And one thing I noticed going back to the difference of markets, when you go to an online banking in Kuwait, customers expect much more. They want to really? treat their online banking as the Amazon app. We can do everything. We don't want to go to the branch. You know, as some of the regulations that I saw here are a little bit different. I can't do as much versus there you can do as much instantaneously. And that's because of the high customer expectations. You know, banks got to catch up and meet uh, those expectations. That's such real. That's really interesting because we uh, CDR is a global audience. One of the things we, we try to, to sort of flesh out is, you know, when you start looking at the global marketplace, there are differences in, in expectations and and oh. in, in, in from what we've seen in the Mid East and in sort of the Far East, the the sort of online, the ability to interact and do things on your phone is a ton higher in many oh, cases. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like doing transfers and they want to do it instantaneously. And, you know, uh, there is no such thing that I have to wait or there's, you know, limits of transfers, monthly transfers. They can be kind of um, changed, uh, you know, based on customer consent. You can consent to transfer your transfer limits to be much higher. And that's that's OK. Something that I've never was able to be uh, to, to do with, uh, with the local bank when I was in Ohio. So it's, it's a bit different. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, you know, every market has its own regulations. Every market has its own customer style and expectations, like I said. So um, you, your first time CDO that says, mm -hmm. hey, we're going to be doing this digital transformation. Take me through like in your in your mind, like like when you first you know, you know landed in your first day, like, OK, here's my game plan. Here's the things I got to put in place for it to be successful. What was going through your mind? Yeah, it was it was a bit, you know, challenging to be the first generation CDO because at the beginning, um, some people expect you to be kind of 
the go-to person where this mm -hmm. is new, you know, to, to many banks. When I was when I was starting my CDO practice, a lot of the CDOs were that I met were also first generation CDOs. So there is no yeah. reference CDO <laughs> to go back to in banking. And especially like some companies, you know, were having CDOs for a while, but banks kind of like caught up later to this about yep. setting up the data office. So I met at the same time, I met two other CDOs. Um, and I remember, I think through CDO Max, or I was on a panel with them. But anyway, so I was talking, okay, those, so this is my first role. And I was asking about their background and they've done exactly the same. They were in e-commerce. And so on okay. one of them actually worked with the Google partner before. I'm like, okay, then I'm, in the, I'm doing the right thing and we're on the right track. I'm the, okay. I have the right profile. But okay. it's, I mean, because in e-commerce, we took a lot of kind of a very data-centric approach to, to, to put data and make money out of it. So I think that's one of the things that uh, when I started was, am I doing the right thing? I grabbed a few books. One of them was The CDO Journey. Um, one was called The Getting uh, in Front with Data. So grabbing uh, some of these books. But then I remember one of the things that I wanted to do is like, what are the expectations? And I had to work with management to say, what are you expecting from, from right, data? Right. You know? And of course, the first thing that jumps to their mind is, oh, data science, we need to do AI. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> now let's draw the roadmap to go to AI. You know, okay, okay. You know, you, you got to start with data governance, uh, you know, um, setting up uh, the, the actual data lakes and all of that. And then you'll get to AI where there was a, you know, already data warehouse happening and it was um, kind of sitting under IT and all. But that the actual practice of let's take mm -hmm. the data and monetize it, let's take the data and analyze it. Let's not just talk about reports because banks can do too much with just end of day and end of month reports that just go to the regulator or go to some management and that's it. But not really to decide much. It's more of the after the fact things. It's not about real mm -hmm. time. That was the big thing that I said, oh no, this is how you do it? Okay, so let me show you how it's done back in e-commerce, you know? So okay. the main charge, honestly, when I saw, I had to kind of sit for a month and kind of talk to a lot of management and talk to many team leaders and, and business across. And a lot of the outcome was that, you know, they look at data as end of month. But what I wanted to change is how we can we become data driven? That's the hashtag that we come to is that okay. as a manager, you have to become data driven. As an employee, you have to become data driven. Let's show you how. So it was begin the first, I spent probably the first nine to 12 months teaching and just teaching and teaching and teaching. Um, at all levels, we're teaching employees, we're teaching analysts in the bank, and then I'm, I'm actually working with management to kind of show them what they can and can't do with data. How do they expect data to be? How how can they actually take the right decisions with data? So as I mentioned, you know, the, the, the first year was mainly educating about the value okay. of data, educating that this is not a report, there's more of analytics and insights and, and becoming data-driven. Um, I think by the second or third year, which is now, now we're actually getting people who are, you know, becoming data driven. The other day was the the, the kind of the uh, the cherry on top. I walked unannounced into the NRD room, and I we had some dashboards built for them to look at market values and things like this. You know, kind of twenty years analyzing twenty years of data. Yeah. And you know how they have like tons of screens in front of them in the dealing room. And one of those screens was that big dashboard and he was browsing it before he actually books the deal. And I was like, okay, you are definitely data-driven. And, and I think right now we're seeing the results of what we built in the past two years. 
Gotcha. So, so let me sort of just summarize because I'm I'm taking notes and 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 because because we're trying to try to get playbooks, right? So, if, uh, first time CDO, what what I heard is you know read a lot, talk to peers, you know get informed, spend a lot of time talking to your internal folks, just mm-hmm. to and and recognize that the first year is all about you know educating folks with, you know, here's what the roadmaps look like. Here's what you can expect. Here's the steps. You can't do AI if you don't have data literacy, right? It's sort of like you can't, you can't run it before you walk. Exactly. Uh, kind of notion. I'm just curious. Do you have a set of pitch decks? Did you have like a literally a set oh, of yeah. like, here's like, <laughs> here's my 101 pitch deck. Here's my 201 pitch deck, my 301 pitch deck. Did you have oh, a yeah. set of those? I, I had a folder on my computer when I started first, and I call it kind of sales package or something, because okay. I have at some point, especially for executives, you got to go and sell the data because yeah. I'm asking them to, you know, um, get their teams to invest some time to learn some stuff now to mm-hmm. take their teams and teach them. Um, I was willing to do the hours and teach them. That's part of my role as a CDO to teach yeah. up everybody, to teach up the management, the teams, but they got to be interested in it they gotta be they gotta have the mandate from their top manager that you know you gotta go and learn this so you can help us become data driven so i had to sell that to the top executives so i had those pitch decks for executives and then kind of the secondary or top line managers i had different you know to show them how it will affect their day-to-day lives because showing the value of data is about what's in it for me why should i listen to you why should i give you my team member to to um Mm -hmm. to teach him and, and change the practice so Part of those, you know, sales uh, sales or pitch decks that I've done. Then there was when we actually ran the program. So we ran uh, at the beginning when I when I started after selling data. I told the managers, your charge right now is to nominate people from your teams. Could be the business analysts or or you know people who can drive change because driving data programs is about driving change. There's a lot of culture change. When I tell mm. you don't don't take this don't take this decision based on your experience or hunch. Just look at the data. It's a culture. Um, so once they nominated those people, which we call them the data ambassadors. So that was okay. kind of a flagship program for our data stewards or what I call them, my extended data team. Okay. So there was a third pitch deck for the ambassadors to convince them that, you know, you'll be part of this program. You'll be the extended data team member. You okay. are in charge of making your department or business unit as data driven as possible. Okay. And this is what you need to do. So there was an investment. There was an effort on their side. So we had to sell it and also show them what's in it for them to, to be part of this program. And of course, you know, we made this program. We showed them a lot of um, the value for them. Plus, we also made it fun. There was a lot of giveaways that we've done. There was a lot of, like, we give them some of the digital notebooks that they do just to make them, you know, kind of understand that they are part of a bigger change that's happening in the bank. Yeah, let's let's probe that because it, it, you you you've got this philosophy of everyone should be part of the change. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how 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 do you how do you make that happen? Definitely. So, to me, if we're trying to do culture change across the bank, if I'm at the bank trying to be data driven, you know, um, it has to be really grassroots. Uh, I can't mm-hmm. be in a single unit calling myself the data office and then analyzing and running data practices for every business department. First, okay. I don't have the business knowledge of every business department. Right. Uh, second, they might just not use my services every time they need it. Okay. Um, 
But if it's part of their team, if it's they have the knowledge and abilities as part of their team, they are able to probably get a taste of it and then they'll be addicted, I'm sure. So the idea was I'll take, and I and what we did, we did the approaches, one out of 10 in every team members have to be a data ambassador. So if you have 20 people, you gotta give me two ambassadors. Some departments, we did not go by that rule because they were all analysts. For example, if you're talking about finance departments, 90% of them were, were data ambassadors. So, you know, there is always, you know, uh, there is a rule of thumb and then there is exceptions for certain units like risk and, and, and you know, people who are purely analysts units. Mm-hmm. But the one out of 10 carried for everyone, all the other business departments. You crunch some data for sure. You do some reportings. I know that. Even if you don't, give me an ambassador, one out of 10, because at some point we'll, you're going to have to deal with some data. Um, so we had, and at the beginning, I remember when we started the program, I said, you know, if I get 50 or 60 ambassadors, that would be great. But I think my 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 pitch or sales pitch was so good that I got 140. What? So, <laughs> yes, it, was, it was overwhelming. I was like, oh my God. Now we got, we got to train, you know, all of our training plans got doubled and we had to break them into classes and, and different groups. And then the key there that I had very good partnership with our HR team, because HR does the training and development mm-hmm. and training 140 people is not something that, you know, I would be able to do solo. Yeah. So their training and develop program, you know, I had to also pitch that greatly to them and how this is a big learning programs and adding value and so on. And we're doing this internally. Um, so they were really worked with me hand in hand and running this like little academy that we did for oh the data ambassadors. Um, it was like a six sessions program where they've learned first data quality. They've learned about kind of uh, how do do we do data cleansing? Because we had, you know, everyone has data quality issues to work with. Yeah. Some automation, insight, then they went to, you know, we learned some tableau on the way um, and, and even quality improvement cycles. So there was a, like a little bit of a curriculum that was made. There was that we did sessions, multiple sessions and classes and, and so on. But once we were done with the program, we even did a graduation party for these ambassadors because we wanted them to be proud ambassadors to help their units then say, hey, let me help you with that data. Let me let me show you how this is done. When their manager asked a question, he would dig the data and show them the, the reports or look at this real time. Because then the the uh, the you know the, the managers would trust their employees. Because they're part okay. of them, they're they're part of the business. That's how we drove we drove the change across all units. I got you. I got you. That that that's that's pr- pretty impressive. I'm 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 curious. So let's get back to your setting expectations with your boss, the CEO, right? right. Like when when they ask you the question, my, you know, we're 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 we are buying into the Kool Aid here that, that you're selling. It makes total sense. Can you can you articulate for me like what are the top ways? Like what, what things, where do you, where does your team create the most value? Like what are the top key things that someone go, okay, that matters. I mean, so one of the things, and, and these kind of, we had to create values or set our, our, our you know, what kind of value can you bring in different phases? Because okay. at the beginning was mainly setup. So the value that we created there is let's have some data quality. Because okay. a lot of the data quality measures, when we did some sample measures of quality, were not, you know, as and, and we looked at worldwide, it was a, you know, everyone was suffering of the same. So we oh, needed yeah. to be ahead of that. Um, so the first thing I said, you know, if we we bring that measure that we're gonna 
make sure that uh, we do some major data cleansing because okay. we're going through some migration. So before we migrate the data, let's clean it up. But I can't clean the data, the ambassadors will, because they know what's right and what's wrong. They can tell me what kind of data goes into what. So the creating value was one, you know, kind of boost the data quality index. That quality. Okay, got it. Number two was people in business units don't come back to our office for, you know, I want the support or I want to build this. So they can be self serve self self serve okay got it so the becoming self serve um you know some business units did not buy into it because like what why are you here then you know <laughs> but i'm like listen we work for the common good so some some business units bought into it and that's when we made a great story out of it so the others then kind of followed suit okay um so the self serve was also a big thing that we wanted to add and then the third thing was you know that we have some kind of new insights to bring to the business. For example, how can we do some cost cutting? Um, okay. with, you know, using the data. What where are the things that we could, you know, um, offer to customers? Personalized experience was one of the that we're gonna set some step up. This will be kind of a phase two thing that we want to personalize the customer experience with with data. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um as you look at the next couple of years uh, uh, for your office and uh, you know, you know what? Maybe let's let's back up. You have another office too. You have an innovation <laughs> office, right? So yes. let me. I, I won't forget about that before we just focus on on data. You have a very unique kind of role. Can you tell us a little bit about sort of this this dual hat role? Like, yeah, it was it was you know. So, so my first year was Gulf Bank was purely setting up the data office, and I think the, the the grassroots change that we've done, and like I said, the culture change that was done through the data ambassador program. Have you know the success of it? I think landed me the the other office, which is the innovation office. And we didn't just come up with it; it was a, actually a mandate from our central bank of Kuwait to okay. to set up an innovation office in every single bank. So banks were required to do it. Um, but given the the nature of innovation, that it's also a cultural change. It's also um, the new way innovation is not you know not the old kind of setup and um, mm -hmm. kind of a research and development. What they call the R and D. We have a few right. people sitting, researching and developing and then come up with ideas. Um, the new way of innovation is that innovation comes from everyone, especially the okay. people in the because these are the people in the face of the customer. Mm -hmm. is, innovation is listening to the customer need, really. You start with the need, and then how do you bring value through that need? Um, so when we set up that, and I said, you realize that I need to also work with everyone. I'm not going to work solo. Just like we did the ambassadors, we're going to work mm -hmm. with the innovators. But the innovators are not one out of ten. It's going to be everybody. Everyone okay. has to participate in this. Um, so we we actually, at that time specifically, I was planning to do a data literacy program, which meant I will have to meet everyone in the bank to do some data literacy learning. And I can come back to that later. But then what I did is at the end of data literacy program, we spent 10 minutes talking about innovation. And okay. I said, and I told them that innovation comes from everybody, from top executive all the way to the bank teller, to the mailman, to mm -hmm. security guard, to everybody. And we can bring products in terms of customer products, you know, improving internal operations or, or services and all. And that the way we'll do that is that we have this centralized operation where, you know, you bring in the ideas, we validate them based on, you know, what we call, um, you know, the need. Uh, and the value that it brings and, you know, basically the how, the what and, and why, why we're doing this. And then the way we're going to kind of 
bring hype around this, to bring people to get excited about submitting product. We don't want to teach it as a suggestion box, like mm -hmm. let's do this. No, we want to make sure that when you submit an idea, you actually did some research around it. What is the need? Why you want to do this? Okay. Because if we choose to pick up the idea and process it, you will work with us as the business expert or we'll bring in more business experts. So we ran also a company called the Innovation Tournament where everyone participated. Um, we had a lot of participation from our front lines because they know what the customer wants. They hear the customer in the call center. They interact with the customer in the branch. So a lot of these were part of that innovation um, tournament and, and it was a big tournament. We've done it as like a, at a fun place in a park, but people did their pitches and they you know, wow. got the ideas. We've done an innovation 101. So it was, it was really a, a, an event to bring hype around innovation. And once the event was done, I think post-event, we've heard more ideas and people started submitting more ideas because, oh, so everybody can innovate. Everybody can submit ideas. And that's, you know, the nature of, of innovation is that a culture change, um, kind of the success of data kind of brought this to also like, okay, it can be done. Let's do it. And, and it, you know, we've got the fruits of it. Like I said, once we run the innovation, we've got a lot of ideas and we still get every day. Okay. I'm just curious, you have any um, specific success stories to share either from the data end or innovation end or data-driven innovation end that you know sure. have impacted I mean, you know, uh, revenues or customers or something? Not all of them I can share publicly, but okay, I mean, of I course. around the data quality, which I mean, okay. obviously share. For example, I was talking about running the data literacy. So we yep. run the data literacy program where we talk to everyone in the bank and we did like a one hour session and we made sure it's just one hour and yeah. everybody had to go through this literacy program. And we've done it around because we had around over a thousand people. So we've we've wow. done it okay. around eight to 10 weeks. We've we'll done like okay. one hour sessions having to fit different schedules and all. But the concept okay. we tried to build is you're either a data customer or a data creator. And these books, these concepts were right out of the book of Tom Redman getting in front of with data. And okay. as a data creator, you create data. You're either filling out a customer form, you're submitting a complaint on behalf of the customers, but you are creating a data point. Mm -hmm. And you, as a data creator, you have a data customer, which is the next in line reading your data mm -hmm. uh, or you know, looking at your data to make a decision. So customers and creator has certain responsibilities that the creator has to put in the right data. The customer has to use the data ethically, but also reported that has wrong data and so on. But anyway, long story short, we've run this program three months and you know everyone went through it, top management all the way to tellers mm -hmm. and call center agents and everyone. And what we we also maintain that anybody who's onboarded as an employee does the same thing, the same data quality or we call the data literacy. And then randomly one day at the um, at the bank, I was getting in the elevator and then there's this um, young guy, he gets in and he goes like, oh, Miss May, I was actually, I was part of the data literacy program a few months ago. I said, yeah. He says, I work in direct sales. So I just go and, you know, make the sale and fill out the customers. And since we've done that training, every time I fill out a customer form, I make sure that every single point in the address is correct and the phone numbers and everything, because I know there's a customer of that data somewhere waiting for it. Oh my gosh, you, you had to be like, oh, my day is complete. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh. Exactly. <laughs> because like, I never realized that everybody's waiting for me, the sales agent to do this. 
but it's just it made a difference right now no field goes blank you know <laughs> well you know that that that's a win when that exactly that when someone understands their role yes. and their importance and they take it seriously you 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 that's a win Meg. It, that it, is... it was a great win and it's you know somebody who's has nothing to do with data. It's just a sales agent. And in, you know, he was just a young guy, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe one or two years in the job or something. I don't exactly remember. But 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 like you said, he made my day by saying this. And this was way post the, the training. So yeah. the fact he that remembered we did, it stuck. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> my, my my gosh. So like I love the notion, like, you know, a basic concept, you're either a creator or a customer. And you yeah. have roles that you play. And it doesn't have to be that complex, right? No, no, yeah. And that's, I always like tell Tom Redman that, you know, the, you made these concepts so easy. And I think you he made my job so much easy to go and to talk to everyone in the bank. And even, and I was telling when I, when there was top management as part of these data literacy sessions, I said, you're the top management. You are the biggest customers because every data that comes in and it gets aggregated and comes to you as a final report. So you're a customer and your creators are all, all over the bank. And when I go to the creators, like for tellers, I say, you can't imagine how many customers you have for your data. Everybody needs their data. And everybody's waiting for you to put in the right data. And that's when they think, oh, my God, we have much bigger responsibilities. Exactly. That You made them feel important. They're, they're yes. doing something that matters. That, exactly. That's pretty cool. I'm yeah. curious. You know, I've talked to a lot of CDOs, and, and there's some CDOs that that technically they, they like to build their own stuff. And then there's some that like to buy you sort of mm. off the shelf package. What's your philosophy on, on sort of like technical things, stacks of tools? I mean, uh, for tools, uh, yeah, I'd like to to buy and get get ready tools because I don't like to re-engineer the wheel. Okay. But when it comes to like the learning and the culture, I'll be honest with you, when we ran the data ambassadors program, when we ran the data literacy program, it was all done in-house. Because okay. in order to get to their brains, in order to get to them and make them do what we want them to do through this program, it has to be very localized to the local culture, to the local okay. people of Gulf Bank, to the mm -hmm. customers of Gulf Bank, to the products. Like all of our training had examples right from the bank, had data quality issues right from what we had, um, had even names of people who worked in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, because and, and when we did the data literacy, it even got worse. I had like 20 versions of my data literacy program because when I gave the data literacy to salespeople, then the examples were all about sales. When I was talking to risk, then it was more different. When I was talking to HR, then it was all about, you know, employee files and, and recruitment or something like that. So this cannot be purchased or done outside. Because gotcha. it has to be very custom made. But mm -hmm. when I'm talking about a tool or a stack or, you know, for example, we use Tableau, we use Power BI and all of that stuff. No, I'm, you know, uh, I'd rather get ready packages and, and shorten the time of, of, of doing that. Makes sense. So tools, you can purchase people and culture. Do it. You got you. You got to own that. I could not even outsource the training externally, to be honest with you. I'm not going to bring a training agency doing this. It has to be us internally doing it and I think that's where a lot of the, co uh, the companies say you know we'll, we'll hire this training company and then, then they'll do this data, data literacy for us um, maybe yes can be done in my own belief I think if it's done internally and organically it yeah. will make a, the impact will be stronger and the, the turnaround on, on actually seeing how culture change will be much faster because people trust their own people 
You know, that that is a pro tip. I'm, I'm going to have to write that down. People trust your own people. You can't outsource that. that, that kind of stuff. I'm curious, um, the fact that you're data and innovation officer, what uh, does that, how does that help or hinder? Like, do you think that's helpful? Uh, at the beginning, sure. I'll be honest with you, when they gave me um, the, the innovation kind of practice to build and start, I said, you know, I don't know if they are related at all, but I'll, I'll run them and see if they can kind of separate out at some point. But then mm-hmm. the more I've done it, the more like, you know, they're actually, uh, my manager, the deputy CEO, make, made the right call of actually putting them together. Because whenever we get an idea for innovation or a new product or things we're validating, we're really pulling a lot of data to validate that idea. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we see as insights from data or outliers or things that we find become seeds for innovation. Okay. So they're really feeding and supporting each other, the two units, you know, and I have them in, in another floor. They're sitting on two separate sides, but I see like people always walking around between the two sides. So there's a lot of a lot of collaboration in between um, okay. because how much data can tell you about the customer um, in order to say, yes, this works or maybe you should do this. Wow. Maybe maybe you're setting a trend. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. I, I've, I've seen it happen more than I, I don't know. I, I know I've seen few people like analytics and innovation or, you know, um, that, that are mixed. Um, but maybe it's a new trend. I don't know. Maybe. Well, maybe they're just acknowledging that, you know, you, you do a pretty good job of, of getting people excited and motivated and feeling like, you know, that they're part of something bigger. And maybe that's sort of the bigger picture on innovation. Uh, yeah, I mean, the CEO did mention that at some point. He's like, yes, <laughs> oh, you know you know how to get to people. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, I, I I figured that out, right? And, I, and I've heard it before. I, I remember that, you know, they told me that, you know, as CDO, you just have to keep talking to other people. You're always collaborating. You're always in the face of other of other business units because a lot of collaboration. And, and innovation has kind of a similar role because you don't work by yourself. Otherwise, you'd be a silo and nobody will take the product that you make. So you're always working with others. Mm-hmm. And I think also it's the, the industrial engineer in me that, you know, as industrial engineers, we never work solo. We always work with other engineers. So okay. it's, it's the, the type that as data or as innovation, be prepared to always be working with someone else. It's not your, it's never your own project. Okay. Here's a question for you. We, we have a, a, a lot of potential, you know, CDOs in waiting that'll be listening to this. I'm curious if you're going to, if you're talking to your younger self 10, 15 years ago, <laughs> what advice would you give your younger self, May? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Honestly, um, the, the advice that I would say is just, you know, always keep up with the trends. Because in a, in a, in a market like data and in, in an industry like data, Things are changing every single day. So one thing is that, you know, um, I think I had that when I was in e-commerce, things were changing every single day and I had to keep up with it. And I think that what got me into data too. And, and, you know, in data, you always got to keep up. Mm -hmm. The the trends are changing. The tools are changing. The lingo is changing. We Mm -hmm. went from centralized analytics offices to distributed offices, Mm -hmm. but we had to keep up and we had to catch up and and change. And, you know, we always got to retool. We always got to reorganize and redo. So flexibility is a needed skill and whatever you need to, to, to stay flexible, just do it. You know, I think one other advice is just network, network. I don't think, Earlier in my job, I didn't do a lot of networking, and I think probably I'm overdoing it right now, but I think it works <laughs> <laughs> because there's so much cross-learning. It also helps you keep up with everything when you do the networking. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I, I believe it. there's so there's so much information out there that it's almost like I have to put myself around other smart people who can help synthesize this for me. It's like, <laughs> like all this, what does this mean? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. you're, you're doing it the easy way. And that's sometimes because there's not enough time to, to process. There, there's, there's not enough time. And, you know, and I'm a big proponent for innovation. People have to try things and the more, right. the quicker you can learn from right. what works and what doesn't work, the faster you can evolve to, to, to something, something special. <laughs> so, so I'm curious, May. Um, I know you are, um, uh, you are in, uh, you know, learn. You said you got to learn, so you're going to conferences. You're networking. Do you have a, like a, a, a outside of, you know, do you have a special thing that you do to keep up? Do you read certain things? Do you do you like certain habits that help oh, you learn? Um, you know, LinkedIn keeps me kind of up to date with a lot of things, especially okay. with my uh, network because a lot of the events that I came to know of or something is is really you know through LinkedIn but okay. one thing that honestly a habit that I don't know I've started long time back when I started my career but it's it's always that you know even if I not do it for a while I try to come back to it is volunteer always do some volunteer work it helps you kind of get to know the other side like if you mentor somebody or if you you know volunteer to help in some other events or something it always helps you stay up to date or or see the other side which we don't do in your job just see a whole different perspective um so always make time for volunteer always you know keep up to date with the with that and then i try to get up at least a book every quarter at least okay quarter. there you go yeah. a book a quarter Yes, I mean, because sometimes some books I have to read because I need to, but I mean, it just, you know, and that's sometimes on LinkedIn, you see like the top 10 reads or, or things that, yeah. that you look at, but just just pick one and don't do too much pressure that you have to read too much. But just, okay. you know, keeping, you know, sometimes you read a book that led, leads you to another book. Okay, well, see, I, I, lo I love it. See, what I just learned is when I, you know, if, if you're starting out and you want data storage, one out of 10, Right. Each department needs to offer one out of 10 unless, you know, they're a finance department and everyone needs to be a data steward. Right. Got it. And then one book a quarter. See, I, I, I've got some <laughs> some pretty specific, like it's not measurable. Oh, that's bad. I got one last question for you. So, sure. like, you know, we um, large language models, Gen AI is sort of like it, it, it's hot. What, what, what's your view on, on this and, and what it means to, to your industry, your company? I mean, you know, with, with these language models, I think a lot of people want to use it just because they want to use it. <laughs> oh, know? yeah. It's like, cool. <laughs> and and that's, that's one of the things that, you know, I get asked all the time. And I'm like, listen, go back. Let's see what your business problem. Do you really need it? If you do need it. Um, if you, because sometimes you get things get lost in track if you don't start with a business problem. Mm -hmm. You get too carried away with the tools. Yep. Um, it becomes a nice to have. Um, you're never going to get that, you know, stakeholder buy-in because mm -hmm. it doesn't bring the value. So always, always start with a business problem. Always, like you said, start with the value. But these tools, you know, they'll come and go. And they'll they'll be something else in, in a few months or a few years. I'm not sure. Um, so I don't get carried away with tools. I always get carried away with, you know, what can it solve a problem for me? Got if it, it doesn't, do we really need it or not? You know, uh, you know, I'm I'm a big user of all of these, but to to terms of where can we employ this? 
All right. So when someone comes and say, hey, we got this great tool. First thing you say, so so tell me what problem we're going to solve. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or why do I need it? Why um, do I need this? Tell me again. Because we, cool. I have a long list of problems that, you know, if we can match it to any of these problems, let's do it. But I'm not going to just invest in a tool just because it's cool or everybody's doing it. Got it. Very, very pragmatic sort of view, man. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so you, um, any last bits of advice for, for the CDO audience? Sure. I think one of the things that I always, always mention to our management or to our teams as well is, you know, whenever you're running a data program, whenever you're working on any, any transformation, be it digital, mm -hmm. data, whatever, always, always start with the people. Never start with the technology or this cool, you know, generative AI or things like that, um, because you might spin your wheels and, and that people won't use it or people not might into it. So it's always about the transformation, especially data transformations. You start with people and then and then you will reap the value. When we did the data ambassadors program, I started with the people. I taught those people and then we gave them the tools. So tools, then to, I mean, uh, tools comes last. Technology comes last. It's, people first agenda always. love it love it today's digital transformation you got to start with people that, yes. that that's that's sort of the punchline on this one yeah. well, well this is fabulous thank you may for for joining me uh today this this is a ton of fun and please <laughs> visit cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews it's been a pleasure may thank you so much it's been a pleasure thank you so much ben and and uh, it was great uh, being here thank you